heart, but meantime, sound of the river, you stop and you hold everything. A band is blowing Dixie, double fall time. You feel alright when you hear the music ring. Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 127 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a deep dive into the Office of Comptroller Currency uh, Enforcement Action Against Former Wells Fargo Executives. Hello everyone, thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Before we get started, two points. First, please subscribe to our podcast and give the podcast a five-star rating. Second, today's episode is sponsored by Bureau Van Dyke. Today's podcast episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance is sponsored by Bureau Van Dyke, a Moody's analytics company. With information on more than 360 million companies, Bureau Van Dyke is the resource for company data, and they make it simple to compare companies internationally. Their flagship product, Orbis, is used to find, analyze, and compare companies worldwide for better decision-making and increased efficiency. Bureau Van Dyke recently announced its new Compliance Catalyst, which is a data-driven decision engine and risk management platform. Powered by Orbis, new Compliance Catalyst is a game-changer because nothing else combines data, technology, and people power into a single platform. Compliance Catalyst can streamline your KYC, AML, and anti-corruption research and make your client onboarding and customer due diligence process more reliable and efficient. Compliance Catalyst offers several unique advantages, including an integrated platform that combines your data, entity data from Bureau Van Dyke, and flexible due diligence screening, automated and enhanced, instant risk preview, and screening against watch lists and adverse media in seconds, customized dashboard, risk profiles and thresholds, screening and monitoring settings. As part of the Compliance Catalyst platform, several effective modules are provided, including AI-powered adverse media searches and reviews, shareholder power analyses, entity verification and resolution, and integrated enhanced due diligence services. If interested in a demo of the new Compliance Catalyst platform, please contact Bureau Van Dyke at americas at vdinfo.com or call 1-212-797-3550. Well, I wanted to get back to an important enforcement action that occurred and also the, uh, the reason to look into this uh, Office of the Comptroller of Currency Enforcement Action Against Wells Fargo Executives is it, ga- it gives us a lot of facts and a lot to analyze in terms of what occurred at Wells Fargo. And for that reason, I thought it was worthy of a podcast episode just because uh, we can get a real glimpse into the dysfunction, uh, lessons learned, uh, and how uh, Wells Fargo's culture and problems permeated every aspect uh, of its business operations. It's a really compelling story uh, and it's pretty uh, discouraging in terms of a systemic and pervasive problem that occurred and the failures of so many people to act and so many systems to work uh, to correct the problem. So I thought this would be helpful to sort of take a, a deeper dive into some of the, some of the real uh, 
details in terms of how the Wells Fargo problem came to be. So let's start first with the, just an overview of the enforcement action. The OCC, the Office of the Comptroller of Currency, uh, announced a $17.5 million civil settlement with former Wells Fargo Bank CEO John Stumpf uh, for his role in the sales practices misconduct scandal. Uh, in addition, the OCC announced settlements with two other Wells Fargo officials, Hope Hardison, the former Chief Administrative Officer and Director of Human Resources, uh, who pay, agreed to a $2.25 million civil money penalty, and Michael Laughlin, Chief Risk Officer, who agreed to a $1.25 million civil money order. Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me, former CEO Stumpf settlement included a lifetime ban on participation in the banking industry. In addition to the settlements, the OCC initiated penalty notice and notices, basically enforcement actions, uh, because they wouldn't settle, against five former Wells Fargo officials. Uh, perhaps the most significant and probably the most uh, um, exposed person is Kerry Tolstead, head of the community bank, uh, and they're seeking a $25 million civil money penalty. Claudia Russ Anderson, the community bank group risk, manage, risk officer, uh, they're seeking a $5 million civil mental, uh, million penalty order. James Struther, general counsel, uh, $5 million civil mental money penalty. David Julian, chief auditor, $2 million civil mental money penalty. And Paul McLinko, executive audit director, a $500,000 penalty. So let's go through this damning picture of misconduct. Uh, as outlined by the OCC, uh, from 2002 to 2016, 14 years, Wells Fargo's community bank's retail branch network had a systemic sales misconduct problem, which was rooted in a business model that imposed unreasonable sales goals on its sales employees, along with unreasonable pressure to meet those goals. Uh, the OCC also explained that the community bank's controls were ineffective and were not reasonably uh, designed to detect or prevent the misconduct. The community bank's business model was highly profitable because it basically uh, resulted in a greater number of legitimate sales without, uh, and would not have occurred actually, this increase in revenue, without the unreasonable sales goals and sales pressure. The business model also resulted in revenue from the sale of unauthorized products and services to customers, and we've all heard those stories. The community bank's controls were designed and maintained basically to favor profits over taking action to reduce instances of illegal conduct that was pervasive throughout the community bank. Under former CEO Stumpf's leadership, the community bank's culture resulted in systemic violations breaches of fiduciary duties and unsound practices by employees. Uh, Stumpf himself failed to adequately supervise the head of the community bank uh, and never challenged the fundamentally flawed business model. Uh, he never even fully examined the sales goals, the impact of the sales goals, and the potential for sales practices misconduct. The OCC also noted numerous warning signs that Stumpf ignored, including team member complaints submitted directly to his office fear of termination for not meeting unreasonable sales goals and illegal and unethical sales activities. Also, Stumpf was frequently informed by community bank leaders as well as leaders in the risk, 
human resources, audit, and legal functions that the sales practices were issues were the result of isolated instances of individual employee misconduct, not systemic conduct, and that the controls were operating effectively. Notwithstanding that, Stump failed to verify that these representations were accurate. Equally troubling, Stump failed to hold Kerry Tolstad, the head of community banking, uh, uh, accountable for the systemic sales misconduct, even after a 2013 Los Angeles Times article exposed the controversial sales practices misconduct, even after the city uh, attorney of Los Angeles filed a lawsuit in May 2015, and the OCC issued five notices in June 2015 focusing on the sales practices misconduct. So he failed to take action even after all of those events. The OCC noted that Stumpf acknowledged the systemic sales uh, practices misconduct and that he voluntarily forfeited $70 million in equity-related forfeitures and bonus and salary. In other words, clawbacks uh, that he gave back to Wells Fargo. The sales practices misconduct included bank employees basically issuing a product or service to a customer without the customer's consent, transferring customer funds without the customer's consent, or obtaining a customer's consent by making false or misleading representations. Community bank management intimidated and badgered employees to meet unattainable sales goals year after year, including by monitoring employees daily or hourly and reporting their sales performance to their managers, subjecting employees to hazing-like abuse, and threatening to terminate and actually terminating employees for failure to meet the goals. The bank tolerated these pervasive sales practices misconduct as an acceptable side effect of its profitable sales model, and they declined to implement effective controls to catch the systemic misconduct. Instead, to avoid upsetting a financially profitable business model, the executives turned a blind eye to illegal and improper conduct across the entire community bank. In fact, the OCC noted that the bank had better tools and systems to detect employees who did not meet those unreasonable sales goals than it did to catch employees who engaged in misconduct themselves. In short, the charged officers favored profits and other market rewards over taking action to stop the systemic issuance of unauthorized products and services to its customers. So at bottom, the community bank's business model and the senior leaders of the bank presented a stark dilemma to employees every day for 14 years. You either engage in sales practices misconduct, much of which was illegal, uh, uh, to meet their goals, or you could struggle to meet their goals and face adverse consequences, including losing their jobs. The community bank's um, business model caused hundreds of thousands of employees to engage in numerous types of sales practices misconduct, including A, opening and issuing millions on, of unauthorized checking and savings accounts, debit cards, and credit cards, B, transferring customer funds between accounts with, uh, without customer consent, a practice the bank refers to as simulated funding, C, misrepresenting to customers that certain products were available only in packages with other products known as bundling. D, enrolling customers in online banking and online bill pay without consent, known as pinning. E, delaying the opening of requested accounts and other products to the next sales reporting period, known as sandbagging. And F, accessing and falsifying personal customer account information 
without authorization, such as customer phone numbers, home addresses, and email addresses. During the OCC's investigation of the bank's sales practices, the OCC subpoenaed each respondent to testify. In sworn testimony, respondents Struther, Julian, and McLinko admitted that the bank had a systemic sales practices misconduct problem rooted in the business model. In testimony before the ACC, respondents Tolstead and Russ Anderson took the Fifth Amendment because they, they are under criminal investigation uh, and accordingly refused to answer all substantive questions about sales practices misconduct. Former CEO Stumpf testified as follows, question, okay, is it fair to say that a systemic problem, as you understand the dictionary definition, means a problem that is inherent in the system, the business model of the company, and can only be corrected by changing the system or the business model of the company? Answer, I would agree with that statement. Question, okay, given that definition, do you believe that Wells Fargo Community Bank had a systemic problem with sales practices misconduct? from the early 2000s on until the time you eliminated sales goals in October of 2016? Answer, as I sit here today? Question, yes sir. Answer, considering the definition that I looked up and learning the things I've learned here the last few days, I would agree. It was a systemic problem in the community bank. Question, okay, thank you. And if it is a systemic problem in the community bank starting from the early 2000s up until September of 2016, wouldn't the head of Community Bank, Ms. Tolstead, bear a significant responsibility for the existence and continuation of this systemic problem? Answer, I would agree with that. Question, and wouldn't Ms. Claudia Russa Anderson, the Group Risk Officer for the Community Bank, bear a significant responsibility for the existence and continuation of that problem? Answer, I would agree with that statement. In 2017, the independent directors of the Board of Wells Fargo the bank's holding company issued a sales practice investigation report that concluded, quote, the only way definitively to address the broken sales model and the root cause of sales practices abuses was to emphasize other metrics for performance and to abandon exerting pressure through sales goals and sales-driven incentive programs, close quote. As of November 2019, the bank has refunded at least $42.9 million dollars to customers in connection with its reviews of sales practices. All respondents pro uh, profited personally from the improper business model. It took a massive failure on the part of senior management of Community Bank, the law department, and audit for the sales practices misconduct problem to become as severe and as pervasive as it was and last as long as it did. Employees often and consistently complained that the sales goals were unrealistic and unreasonable, but to no avail. For years, employees and customers tried in vain to alert senior leaders to the growing and continuing sales practices misconduct problem. From 2006 through 2014, total ethics line hotline complaints received from employees increased year after year. Each year, nearly half of all the ethics line cases investigated by corporate investigations related to employees' sales integrity violations. Besides being subject to the stress and fear of losing their jobs, employees were subjected to a sales culture of intimidation and hazed by management to motivate them to meet their sales goals. The community bank implemented the following philosophy to drive sales results. A whole bunch of management gurus say you need 
B-H-A-G-S, Bold, Hairy, Audacious Goals. That's a technique of management, to give troops a goal that looks unattainable and then flog them heavily. This is a quote that I'm reading right now. And this was their strategy. And according to that line of thought, you will do better chasing a bag than you will a reasonable objective. So the goal, again, was make it look like it's unattainable and then flog the employees. Just a sheer un unbelievable statement. Management within the community bank implemented aggressive flogging techniques, including A, running the gauntlet wherein local managers were required to run between rows of their peers and announce their area sales performance, subjecting them to criticism and ridicule if their performance was poor. B, threatening direct reports with termination and other corrective reports for not meeting the unreasonable sales goals. You struggle, you're gone, in quotes. Quote, some of you truly need a miracle today to get back on track. Most of you should be embarrassed by your numbers. Your numbers are your measure of success. Don't fool yourselves. You are defined by your goal achievement. If you are 21, afraid to produce because you think you're going to get fired, we have a much bigger problem, close quote. C, warning employees that if they did not achieve sales goals, they would be, quote, transferred to a store where someone had been shot and killed, close quote. And if they did not make enough appointments, they would be, quote, forced to walk out in the hot sun around the block, Close quote. D, having multiple daily calls with management to discuss sales performance. Low performers typically were called out in front of their peers and asked to explain how they could improve their sales performance. Quote, be adults and get your asses on your calls. It's pathetic that I have to remind you all, and everyone seems to have an excuse. Go work at Walmart if you cannot handle any of the aforementioned. Thank you. Close quote. The aggressive sales culture, typified by some of the statements that I just uh, read to you, resulted in significant employee turnover, approximately 35% annually. In a September 2016 email, a senior bank executive wrote, quote, I just read the 19 ethics line sales practices allegations, and at least 50% are exactly both pressure and greed related. It made my hair curl. Close quote. The bank's former CEO agreed in testimony before the OCC that employees did all they could to complain about the unreasonable sales goals to bank senior leadership in numerous ways over many years by calling the ethics line, sending emails, holding protests, and 11 employees approaching newspapers. He further stated that the senior leadership team and not the employees were to blame for the bank not moving fast enough to address the sales practices misconduct problem. The bank's former uh, chief administrative officer and director of human resources agreed as well in sworn testimony that by 2016, she and the rest of the operating committee, which included other respondents, understood that empo employee complaints about, quote, insane pressures to meet sales goals were in fact valid complaints that reflected what was actually going on in the community bank for many years, close quote. A 2010 employee complaint to respondents, Tolstead and Struther explained, quote, surely you must be aware that you will reach a sales number to be achieved that will force the staff to cheat to obtain it. You have reached that point, close quote. 
The employee complaint proclaimed the bank's senior leadership, including Tolstoy and Struther, quote, the noose around our necks has tightened. We have been told we must achieve the required solutions goals or we will be terminated. This type of practice guarantees high turnover, a managerial staff of bullying taskmasters, and banks who are really financial molesters and cheaters, close quote. A 2012 employee complaint sent to respondents Tolstead and Struther explained, quote, when employees are required to meet unreasonable numbers, they are forced into inappropriate activity to keep their jobs. Wells Fargo is playing a shell game. They are rewarding employees for, for fake accounts and will terminate them if they find out this is the case. Yet management will chastise and come very close to verbal abuse and put employees on written notice if they are honest and do not open fake accounts to meet these unreasonable goals. The termination acts is suspended over our head one way or another. Meet unreasonable goals or you will be terminated. Cheat to meet the unreasonable goals and you will be terminated when caught. I am not writing this letter to bring an investigation on my store, my district, my region. That is not where the root of the problem lies. It lies on upper management who has increased the goals to must cheat to achieve level, close quote. Another employee wrote to the CEO's office and to a senior leader in the community bank in 2013 that, quote, I was in the 1991 Gulf War, ellipses. This is sad and hard for me to say, but I had less stress in the 1991 Gulf War than working for Wells Fargo, close quote. A 2013 employee complaint sent to uh, Tolstead exp explained employee sentiments. Quote, make your goals at any cost to the team member or customer. This is our environment. I can't sleep at night or look in the mirror. Too much pressure. Feels like we have to treat team members poorly or uh, walk a very gray line to meet expectations. Customers also contacted senior leaders on many occasions. The bank received tens of thousands of customer calls alleging lack of consent. Customers and employees wrote letters and emailing, emails detailing all these sales practices misconduct to senior executives with the authority and responsibility to address it. Nonetheless, the problem persisted because senior management blamed individual employees for the problem, refused to address the actual root cause, downplayed the problem's seriousness and scope, and failed to provide accurate and complete reporting on the problem. In the fall of 2013, the Los Angeles Times published articles detailing the scope and root cause of the sales practices misconduct problem. Despite knowledge of the sales practices misconduct problem, its root cause and its duration, there was great reluctance by senior management to make any meaningful changes to the business model because the community bank was tremendously profitable. Between 2010 and 2016, 55 to 60 percent of the company's average annual profits were attributable to the community bank. A former chief security officer of the bank testified that the sales practice misconduct problem persisted for as long as it did because, quote, the bank was very profitable and doing very, very well, close quote. And senior leadership received perceived sales practices misconduct to involve few employee terminations and negligible loss to the bank. Tolstead herself received millions of dollars annually in incentive compensation based in part on the profitability of the bank. Employees investigated for engaging in sales practices misconduct consistently expressed 
to investigators that they committed the misconduct because they feared they could and would be fired for failing to meet the goals. From 2011 through the third quarter of 2016, the bank terminated approximately 8,520 employees for sales performance issues, including failure to meet sales goals. A. Let's look at some of these. As an example, a store manager received a formal warning in July 2011 because her store achieved only 98% and 90% of her store's sales goals in the first two quarters of the year. The formal warning stated, if your sales performance does not improve to an acceptable level, further action up to and including termination of employment may result. The bank's head of corporate investigations agreed that given the community bank's business model and the controls that existed at the bank, every customer-facing employee had a daily temptation and opportunity to cheat. She testified that given the amount of pressure that existed at the bank, it would not be surprising that there's going to be a high percentage of people that will cheat. The former chief security officer and head of investigations illustrated the scope of the sales practices misconduct uh, problem and the woefully inadequate controls in a 2013 email to a former operating committee member. As you know, sales integrity is a huge challenge. He went on to explain that in order to, to aid law enforcement, they established a few undercover accounts, but the accounts were not tied to a real person. So within 24 hours of the undercover accounts being set up, two different community bank team members saw them and ordered debit cards for the customers, attesting in the system that they had spoken to the customers. These were fake undercover accounts. All I could do is shake my head, is what the person said, the investigator said. The community bank's business model, the sales practice misconduct it caused, led to millions of product services and transactions that were unauthorized or sold as a result of misrepresentation. Uh, and the firing of employees. In August 2017, bank consultant Price Waterhouse PwC Coopers determined that bank employees opened approximately 3.5 million potentially unauthorized accounts between January 2009 and September 2016. In February 2015, the uh, OCC commenced an examination uh, within the community bank, and on October 2016, uh, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the Los Angeles C City Attorney issued fines and penalties against the bank relating to sales practices totaling $185 million. The OCC also issued a consent order requiring corrective action and ordered the bank to remediate customers who were harmed by the bank's unsafe or unsound sales practices. By October of 2016, operating committee man man members held the following view. Quote, don't say there was nothing wrong with our culture, at least in, in the case of parts of the community bank. To suggest so just ignores a reality that everyone knows. There was insane pressure on people to produce widgets and new account sales. Close quote. In October 2016, the bank, under intense pressure from the public and Congress, finally eliminated sales goals for community bank employees, fundamentally changing the decade-long business model on which it had been built. In public testimony before the uh, U.S. Senate Committee on Banking, uh, CEO Sloan acknowledged that the sales and incentive the pl plans in the community bank had been just stupid. 
Until sales goals were eliminated, however, Tolstead and Russ Anderson continued to blame the sales practices misconduct problem on a small percent of bad Apple employees. The former chief security officer and head of corporate investigations testified, quote, it took an act of Congress for the company to change. Well, that's the Wells Fargo corpse of program and a culture fallout. It just is shocking uh, to hear it. It's an amazing uh, culture and strategy to think about and how it went on for as long as it did. It's certainly a lesson uh, in terms of the absence of compliance, the absence of senior leadership, and basically a corrupt culture and a corrupt scheme. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company uh, should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. And ethical companies employees believe in the company, they feel vested and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. You can learn more about the services we provide in this area by going to our award-winning blog, Corruption Crime and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can always contact me at my email address, mvolkoff.com. Let us know.
the Sultans. We are the Sultans. 